everybody. Oh, man, what a week. Started my Saturday off with uh, trying to get uh, a pergola built for my old lady. She uh, just loves these uh, sitting outside in the backyard and sitting under a pergola and all that kind of shit. And she uh, she basically says, hey, you know, the one that we got, it's kind of a piece of shit. It's kind of old, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, understandable. And so she says, hey, can we get another one? Fine, we get this other one. Fucking $2,000. I'm like, all right, a little expensive, but the fuck do I know, right? So I go and I buy this $2,000 fucking pergola. It arrives in like nine boxes from UPS. Get it all taken care of. And then she's, I'm reading through the instructions on how to get it built. And sure as shit, he goes, oh yeah, by the way, you need to buy a shit ton of fucking lumber. And of course, lumber is super fucking expensive right now. So go down to Home Depot, do my thing, grab up all the lumber I need, $700. And I'm like, God, fucking thing. You know, last year, this would have been like 300 bucks worth of lumber, maybe. You know, a bunch of two by sixes, all that kind of shit, right? So call a buddy of mine who's pretty handy about these kind of things. He swings on down. We're doing our thing. He's looking over and everything. He's like, all right, well, first off, you know, where the uh, where the uh, footings are, they're wrong. We're going to have to fix that. So we spent the better part of an hour getting that all dialed in, getting everything you know, exactly where it needed to be, you know, the ground compacted, blah, blah, blah. And as we're going in the garage, he looks down and he goes, yeah, um, these aren't two-by-sixes. These are two-by-eights. It's like, motherfucker. So I got to load up, you know, s- several hundred pounds worth of fucking... Uh, uh, you know, lumber over in his, his rig, take it back to fucking Home Depot, grab, you know, change those out, get two by sixes instead of two by eights, which luckily though, the prices are starting to come down a little bit and they're cheaper. So I saved me about 70, 80 bucks. Get it all dialed in. And what fucking happens? We look and the thing is too goddamn short. The stuff is supposed to only be 10 feet tall, but because of the way that the layout of the backyard is, I'm going to have to buy more fucking pergola material, more PVC sleeves, whatever the fuck they're called. So uh, that was just how my beginning of my day went. But, you know, I uh, I had uh, some, some uh, fun little adventures here just recently. I'm a big, big uh, believer in the in the, the philosophy of the, you know, the rules just really don't apply to me, right? <clears throat> and I've talked about this before. So, for example, uh, when the pandemic first started, uh, my gym, they were this tiny little powerlifting gym, right? Super nice people run by this uh, this younger couple, um, and they were just, you know, just trying to get their gym going. But, you know, it's a powerlifting gym that's local to where I'm at. And they were, they had this little hole in the wall place. They were paying nothing a month, you know, but then they got, you know, started to get some traction. So sure shit. They, uh, they decide, Hey, we got enough customers. Let's go ahead and move. Let's, let's get to a bigger place. And they, you know, they moved to like this, I don't know, eight, 10,000 square foot place. They get all new equipment. They get everything moved. Everything is, you know, humming along nicely. <clears throat> and sure shit. The, uh, they come back and, um, about 10 days later after they moved, the state shut them down. They're like, Hey, listen, COVID's happening. We're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to shut everything down. And they were like, we just moved. We have this huge, uh, you know, lease. We, we, you're going to fucking bankrupt us. And luckily the owners are, are pretty close to the kind of attitude that I got. They're like, listen, 
you don't pay the fucking mortgage, you don't pay the insurance, you don't take care of this fucking place, so fuck you. So what they did was they said, oh, yeah, we'll really shut down, blah, blah, blah. And then what they did was they put black paper over all their windows, <laughs> kept the lights low in, in the front area, and then they just told their their more loyal customers like me, yeah, come on in. Just, just be quiet about it, right? You know, maybe park down the road a little bit, walk up. You know, just, just be quiet about it, right? Now, I can respect that. I really can. And, you know, for me, I've loved going to the gym. But I've never gone to the gym to be, like, cut, you know, looking like those L.A. fitness dudes, you know, where they got, like, no fucking body fat. They're constantly talking about protein shakes and hitting on, you know, 19-year-old girls and shit like that. I'm more of the guy that can go, hey, listen... You know, I can X bar lift 500, 600 pounds, no problem, you know. So, you know, this this gym kind of spoke to me in that regard. So, I, uh, I've been going to this gym pretty much during the entire pandemic, you know. There'd be some times where, like, I'd buzz in because you have to have a key fob to get in. I'd buzz in and somebody would look at me and i go, oh, I'm just here to pick something up for a buddy of mine. Oh, okay, cool, cool, you know, something like that. Some bullshit excuse. And was really kind of, I think it was kind of an open secret. No one really gave a fuck, honestly, because in, in our state, you know, in our state, um, the governor really is just a worthless piece of shit. It's clear as day he doesn't have a fucking clue what he's doing. He's, he's really put in policies that just kind of fucked small businesses and things like that. And the companies that, you know, played by the rules and did what they were told to do, went bankrupt unless they had like a huge amount of resources available to them they went bankrupt because the governor said hey you got to shut down and you know we don't know when you're going to open back up and so because they didn't allow people to kind of change the rules and put some fucking thought into things then all of a sudden it was like well sorry you know you're you're shut down oh by the way your property taxes are still due your other taxes are still due your mortgage is still due they weren't doing a goddamn thing about that so it's like, nah, nah, you know, that was, that was a shit fucking move. And, you know, honestly, fuck him. But the people, my people, are the kind of people that go, you know, fuck you. I'm not playing by your rules. Certain rules just don't fucking apply to me. And I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat where I'm like, listen, the car, you know, the, the, the rules that I, that you try to put on me, if I want to adhere to them, I'll adhere to them. But certain rules, just I am not, you know. If you're going to put rules in place that drastically affects my ability to provide for my family, fuck you. Those rules don't apply to me. If you're going to put in rules in place that make it so that you're going to take time out of my day, you're going to make it more difficult, more expensive, more anything, fuck you. I'm not doing it. You know, and I don't think that's, I think that's something that, especially politicians in this state, they really have forgotten you know, what it is that it means to be an American. This is something that's, you know, in our blood. I mean, we were founded on the words, fuck you. You know, I mean, just like with my old carpool lane story, you know. I've, I've been taking the carpool lane basically every time I've, uh, you know, gone home from work for the past, fuck, 10, 15 years, something like that. And I've gotten exactly three tickets out of it all. And... If they had put some fucking thought into the carpool lane instead of just trying to tell people what to do, they might have actually, you know, made a better difference. They may have solved the issue of, of, uh, you know, uh, uh, congestion. They may have solved the issue of, 
you know, making a few extra bucks, you know, maybe things like that. But they weren't. They were just sitting on their asses. They weren't replacing bridges that needed to be replaced. They were just kind of like, yeah, you need, you need to carpool lane now. I'm like, mm, no, no, fuck you. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, rules just don't apply. Um, <clears throat> in fact, here's a fun little thing that I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. And I've got one particular listener that I know is going to get a kick out of this. So I have a Twitter account. This Twitter account is completely separate from everything. My name's not attached to it. My, you know, my phone number is not attached to it. Nothing about it is attached to me. So, excuse me. So there was a um, person. I don't I don't remember if they were a reporter or whatever. They said something to Trump when he was a when he was president. Said something to him. Don't know the exact details, but basically Trump blocked him on Twitter. Said no, nah, fuck you, block it. The guy didn't like that, so he took Trump to court, and he said, "You can't block me. You're stifling my free speech." And they went back and forth, and they said, "Well, you know." Um, we're trying to block hate speech, all that kind of bullshit. And eventually the guy won. And it was appealed. And the appeals court also said, you cannot um, block people if this is your official government Twitter account. So, fast forward. In a particular state, not mine, we have a... Um, politician who likes to run his mouth and I'm going to be very vague on this we have a politician who loves to run his mouth and likes to say a bunch of anti-gun shit that just one, isn't true and two, um, really just kind of um, it, it reads like propaganda so one of his um, I guess a constituent said something basically like, well they should regulate it like cars and require blah 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 and I basically said, well, that was tried in your state, and that just didn't happen because, you know, the politicians in your state put a squash on that. So, but it's been tried before. Well, this moron blocked me. Now, normally, I would just go, nah, fuck them. But I really, really enjoy poking people in the eye. Especially people who think that they're better than you. People in positions of power, even if it's something really, you know, some stupid elected official. If they love to, you know, sit there and tell you what to do, especially when they're trying to fuck with your rights, nah, I'm not going to let that slide. So, <clears throat> I wrote an email, I found out his, uh, his, com his uh, not company, but his, I found his email for his uh, official um, political you know, uh, office, found the email, shot it, and uh, shot an email over to him and said, hey, um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, it was a mistake or something like that, but you need to unblock me because you're blocking or you're uh, basically infringing on my First Amendment rights. And uh, one thing I did notice was a lot of politicians, what they'll do is they'll say, well, you know, this is my personal know uh, Twitter account you can't you know I can block that and they can but unfortunately for him he linked his this particular Twitter account to his hey contact me I'm you know this politician blah 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 
So normally, normally what I would do is I would just write them the email and call it a day. But unfortunately for him and other anti-gun uh, politicians lately, I've started really doing very well financially. And sometimes throwing a bit of money at a problem tends to get things solved. So what I did was I contacted, um, we'll say a friend of ours, so to speak. A friend of ours said, uh, hey, you, uh, what, what, what can I help you with? And I says, I'm looking for an attorney. He said, I got the guy. Sends me this thing and says, hey, um, need you to uh, write something up say something to him and basically tell him unblock me attorney says absolutely give me the details I give him the details I give him the case number I give him absolutely everything and I tell him hey he's you know if he just if he decides to say that this is his personal uh, Twitter account here's the link on the website blah 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 got the screenshots of him blocking me well, this attorney decided he was going to take it just a step further. <clears throat> he is in the middle of drafting up an email, uh, an official letter, basically saying to him, you will unblock me and use this as uh, one of my Twitter accounts. I've got multiples. Says, you will unblock him. You are um, violating his First Amendment rights. He was simply um, taking uh, your. Uh, uh, he was simply, you know, fact-checking something of yours that uh, one of your constituents had said. Um, if you fail to do so, we will sue. Um, however, if you want to remedy the situation, first thing you'll need to do is you'll need to unblock him, never block him again, and more importantly, you need to pay attorney's fees. <laughs> So at first I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to pay attorney's fees on this guy, blah, blah, blah. No, no, this attorney was like, no, he was the one that did wrong, so he's going to be the one that pays for it at $350 an hour. If you don't, we're going to sue. If we sue, you will not win because there is precedent. There is already been ruled by the uh, uh, appeals court, and it's basically clear as day. This is uh, identical to what Trump did with a uh, different person and you know you will fucking lose and we won't be suing for just uh, a nominal amount of money and more importantly we're going to ask that qualified immunity gets removed so sit down kids let me explain to you what qualified immunity is qualified immunity is a legal protection that protects government employees, um, police, judges, things like that from getting sued for uh, for their normal day-to-day -day things, right? So let's say um, cop does something, um, they pull me over, uh, I pull a gun, they shoot me, I try to sue them personally. Rather than just suing the police department, I try to sue them personally, right? Well, I can't sue him personally because I pulled a gun and he shot me as a part of his normal duties, right? So he's protected in that regard. However, if there is a violation of the rights and you knew or should have known that you were violating this person's rights, then qualified immunity can be revoked. 
and that has happened before and people have been personally sued and so I have asked that we remove qualified immunity for this person why because they're a politician and as part of applying for the job so to speak you think that you would know some of the things you can and can't do and this is one of the things you can't do so right now he has a choice he can either a unblock me pay my attorney's fees which right now admittedly is probably 500 bucks maybe a thousand right call it lesson learned and be done with it or B here's what's gonna happen there's going to be a press release then we're gonna file a lawsuit then we're gonna go for attorney's fees and we're gonna ask for qualified immunity to be removed if that's the case then all bets are off and I'm gonna ask for a whole lot of money may not be a whole lot for uh, certain people I'm thinking a hundred thousand dollars and the reason why I'm asking for that is because when you have a court case that is so publicly um, so publicly known by people you would think that politicians would go oh I better pay attention to that that applies to me this guy didn't so here's what I plan on doing <clears throat> asking for approximately $100,000 for violation of my rights removing qualified immunity and suing him personally now what that's gonna do is that's gonna open up a whole can of worms now if he was smart he would say well we're gonna go ahead and just quietly unblock I'll pay the couple hundred bucks and that'll be it now my attorney is taking it a step further and saying well because my attorney is a really really big you know uh, Second Amendment guy my attorney is uh, the kind of guy that um, he says well these people what they do is they love to push and push and push and push and then when you push back they back off a little bit and then they continue on their day he says mm, I don't think so he says I think there should be a press release okay I'm fine with that so he's actually working on this draft of a letter and he's going to have the press release pushed out to all the media outlets that's local in his state so that not only does uh, he have to retract my block and pay my attorney's fees the people around are going to uh, know about what he did now whether or not that means that he uh, you know has problems come next election just gets embarrassed by it whatever nah, that's needs seems to be uh, uh, seems to be seen but it's just one of those things that I swear you, you can't be this dumb. You can't be so fucking dumb that you would block me from an official fucking account. Trump got his fucking teeth kicked in on this one, and I think he had to pay attorney's fees on that too. The guy won. Like, it wasn't even close. It wasn't like, a, well, it's a two-to-one decision. This was completely unanimous. This was obviously stifling this guy's free speech of being blocked. And so... I was reading through this legal document that my attorney wrote and I was just floored. I'm like, dude, this guy is a fucking shark. He cited case laws, he cited precedents, he cited um, the screenshots, he cited absolutely everything under the sun. And I'm looking at this going, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. You, you're No wonder you're 350 fucking dollars an hour. Jesus, man. <laughs> so I was, and I was looking at him like, dude, I'm fucking proud of you, man. You fucking 
lunatic, look for you, you know. <laughs> so uh, if you're that one listener of mine, give me a call. I'll give you a little bit more details off uh, off air, you know. Oh, man. But speaking of uh, uh, fun extra good news, the comedy club. So things are going wrong. Things are starting to hum along. Everything's happy. I get a call from the bank. The bank says, hey, man, everything's great. <clears throat> we uh, we got some concerns. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. What the fuck do you want, right? They go, well, their numbers just, they're just, they just aren't there. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean the numbers aren't there? They're, they're profiting, you know, well in excess of $10,000 a month. What the fuck do you mean the numbers aren't there? He says, well... It's the SBA. The SBA, be with their loan programs and all this other kind of bullshit, because the business is in a leased building and it's not an owned building, then, you know, we, we have we have issues. Okay, what do you need? And he says, well, we're looking at the projections, and once they hit August numbers, we're golden. I'm like, okay, cool. So I call up my broker and say, hey, dude, this is what's going on. He says, okay. He says, let's, let's talk to the bank together. Not a problem. <clears throat> So we have a quick Zoom meeting and we're talking. And my broker says, Okay. He says, What's the problem? He says, Well, it's a little lease building. He says, So that's different rules, you know. He goes, Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's understandable. He says, Well, um, he says, Well, okay, you know, if uh, we understand that, you know, and I, and I kind of knew about that, you know, as well. So uh, what do we suggest? And he says, Well, a couple things. He said, uh, You know, if you can get to August numbers, we're golden. You know, if if you hit your August numbers in August, great. He says, now don't get me wrong. He says, if you want to hit your August numbers earlier, great. That's fine, too, and we can just get going. He says, well, if it wasn't in a leased building, you know, would we be, would we be fine? He says, oh, yeah, if, you, if, this was in a lease, if this was in an own building, we would not be having this conversation. He says, I have no qualms uh, about... Uh, about your guy here, I got no qualms about the loan. You know his credit score is perfect. You know, in fact, my credit score is like 807 or some shit like that. But his credit score is perfect. He's got the cash. He's you know everything else approve, 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 no problem. He says we just got to get those numbers up. So the uh, broker said, all right, well let me go ahead and you know make some phone calls and whatnots. And so I talked to the guy afterwards. He says, well, like he says I can't speak for the owner because he's just a broker. He says, but I would be very hard-pressed to think that they wouldn't, you know, extend the deal to, to include August just so they can kind of hit their numbers. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they've got a, you know, a known, you know, uh, a known um, offer. They've got an approved offer. They've got um, asking price. You know, they're asking for X amount of dollars. I said, sure, no problem. Uh, I mean, we're basically ready to rock and roll. In fact, uh, I've already started plans on surveillance systems, POS systems. Um, I've even started talking about, you know, doing some fun things. <clears throat> In fact, one of the things I was thinking was I noticed that they have, at this particular club, they have a, um, uh, what's it called? Um, they have these special events where they'll have... Uh, a more well-known comic come up and that more well-known comic when they come up they're great you know they they come in they kick ass they sell out everything's great but it's it's really hit and miss you know it seems to be like every couple of months you know and it's you know there's no real rhyme or reason to it so one of the things I was thinking was well how about we have a special event 
like once a month. Like beginning of the month, we get like a, a more named comic, you know, like a you know a Kyle Kinane, a Brian Regan, a Rodney Carrington, you know, guys that you would recognize, you know, right out of the gate, right? <laughs> and so, I got that idea going. I've got uh, plane tickets. I've already um, looked at. I've already looked at. I've even talked to the my insurance guy about like life insurance and shit like that. You know, just in case something happens to me, like my old lady's taken care of, the business is paid off, you know, she doesn't have to do anything except for just, you know, collect a check. But, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, unless the owner comes back and says, no, nah, I don't want to wait, which I would be hard-pressed for him to think that he would do that, I think this deal's probably going to go through. Which then, of course, you know, my old lady, she pulled me aside. She says, listen, you know, we got to start talking about know little tiny details I'm like all right fuck you talking about she says well you're gonna fly down there and meet with the employees right you know just kind of give yourself an introduction and you know alleviate fears you know because when somebody says hey we sold the business people's like oh my god is my job in jeopardy nobody's job's in jeopardy right but she's gonna she said well what are you gonna wear and I was thinking well fuck you know jeans shirt whatever you know she goes no 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 you're the new owner. You need to show up dressed a little nicer. Don't have to be in a suit and tie, but you got to be dressed a little nicer. Maybe slacks and a and a polo shirt. I'm like, fuck, she's right. God damn it. And then of course, there was other thoughts of, well, if I'm going, you know, you know, I, I very very rarely travel. I haven't been on a plane in probably three years, four years, something like that, maybe even longer. And my first thought was, well, if I'm gonna go, let's you know, let's rent a fun car, right? You know, I I've always wanted to drive one of those, uh, you know, 2020 Corvettes. You know, those things are fucking sweet looking. I was like, oh, I'll go ahead and I'll grab one of those. And then of course she's like, well, are you sure you want to do that? Why? What's the problem? She says, you're the new owner. You show up in an eighty thousand dollar fucking car. What are they gonna think? And I go, I I don't know. She says, no. She says. They're going to think you're either hoity-toity. They might think, oh, this rich prick. So then they're not going to, like, pay attention to when, you know, money starts. Uh, you know, like, if there's something that happens and they just go, well, fuck it. It's not my money. He's driving around in a fucking $80,000 car. It's like, oh, yeah, that's true. I got to I gotta look at appearances. See, I'm looking at things more from the perspective of logistics. I'm looking at it from the perspective of, okay, how do I make your job easier? How do I make it quicker? How do I earn us more money how do I save us you know expenses how do I how do I how do I it's never a how do I project you know the right image how do I alleviate people's fears unconsciously because I can go there and say hey man everybody's job is fine don't worry about it you're golden blah 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 and be just fine in that regard I'm really really good at talking to people and saying um you know hey you you know you know, on a personal level, I, I think I like to think I'm pretty personal about certain things. But you know, people—they're fucking whack jobs. You know, they—they they may think, "Oh my God, he said one thing, but you know, he said this word versus this word." You know, in fact, I even—I think I've told a story where I got in trouble for saying the word "ridiculous." You know, that's the kind of bullshit I'm talking about. You know, so I may end up having a conversation with the current owner um, and basically talk about, you know, hey. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me the, the issues you're having. You know, tell me about your employees, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I'm diving pretty fucking deep into this to make this deal happen. I'm really, you know, striving to kind of make this my own and, you know, all that. Because I did a quick calculation. And 
I've got this deal going in, and I've got a deal uh, to buy the rest of his clubs. And the rest of his clubs are a little smaller than this one. However, if this deal does indeed go through, and the other deals go through, I will be in a position literally within about a year, right around this time next year, where I will not have to have a full-time job if I don't want to. It's that much of a stepping stone deal. Um, and I've had several stepping stone deals in my in my financial career, I guess you could say. <coughs> Excuse me. In fact, probably, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about a couple of those. So first was my very first deal. You know, I bought, you know, a, a single-family house. I worked my ass off for that thing. I put the, the uh, bid in in April of 2011. I didn't close until October because it was a short sale. It was a pain in the ass at the bank, blah, blah, blah. And that was my first real deal. And I'm like, all right, I'm in the game. You know, I, I've got, I've got, you know, <laughs> fucking numbers on the scoreboard, right? And then my next stepping stone deal was when I sold that place and I had $80,000 sitting in my account. And I had never seen that much money in my life up to that point. I had eighty thousand dollars sitting in my account, going, "Wow, I could, I could buy a luxury car with this fucking money, right?" But I was like, "No, no, no, we're reinvesting." The next deal was uh, when I sold and I bought two rentals, and I'm like, "Holy shit, we're 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 expanding, we're exploding." Then about two years later, maybe maybe a year and a half later. I bought four houses for $160,000 total. It was an absolute deal of a lifetime. <clears throat> I had a guy, he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He was losing money in over fist. And it was just a fucking bad, bad time. So I uh, I put together the, the cash and I bought four houses. And then I hummed along for a little bit, bought some houses, some, you know, here and there houses, nothing special. And then came my apartment building. That was my next stepping stone deal. You know, I'm, I'm you know, leapfrogging, you know, financial goals. And it was great, too, because the first time when I when I saw the amount of money coming in, I'm, I'm looking at this going, Jesus Christ, this is a huge amount of money, at least for me at the time, you know I mean? I'm pulling in, you know, $200,000 a month, or excuse me, a month, uh, a year on rentals alone. And I'm like, holy shit. Now, to be fair, I'm paying out mortgages and paying out insurance. You know, it's not like I'm making $200,000 a year, right? But, you know, I'm, I'm got this money coming in and I'm like, wow, it's really starting to fucking happen, right? And then my apartment building came and I'm looking at this going and I'm buying a 20 unit apartment building and at the point at that point I had nine we call them doors basically whether that be a single family house or apartment building or whatever you basically count each unit so they're called doors I had nine doors when I bought this apartment building I was going from nine to 29 and I went holy shit wow this is going great but the apartment building was really rough going for the first little bit I had a shitty fucking apartment manager I had a shitty fucking, uh, um, you know, set of services. Nobody was really paying attention. Nobody was really setting me aside saying, hey, man, you need to watch out for this or whatever. I was basically, I was trusting people to kind of take care of things, and they weren't. And I am a 
pretty nice person when it comes to certain things. It's like, hey, bad things happen, we'll get over it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I should have been an asshole a lot quicker when that happened. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. So I went through and, you know, got uh, the apartment building. It's pretty much self-sufficient now. I've got a, you know, a handful of other things that still need to happen and, you know, take care of a few things. But, I mean, for the most part, it seems to be going good. Well, now I'm looking at my next stepping stone. So instead of me pulling in, you know, $200,000 a year for um, the apartments, I would literally be pulling in more than a million dollars a year. And I'm st- and here's the, here's the best part. Here's the best fucking part. I will literally be trading. I already have the cash. I've, I've, in fact, here's where, here's where the rules don't apply to me. I'm in the middle of a remodel. I took the money from the last set of the remodel. It's sitting in my account right now. I'm going to use that money to uh, facilitate this comedy club deal. Then I'm selling three units, three uh, uh, houses to to replenish that money and plus some. But I'm literally trading $1,000 a month worth of profits for well more than $10,000 a month in profit. And I'm trading roughly, mm, I would say probably $2,800 a month in gross rents, trading that for more than $100,000 a month. And it's, it's just, it floors me that I can do that. And this is one of the reasons why I love this country so much. I'm literally some poor white trash kid uh, from some podunk little town that lives in the shadow of a fucking uh, uh, of a big city expected to go nowhere expected to not accomplish much whatever and and here's the other thing I started way late in life way late in life I started in my mid 30s I started in my mid 30s and I can tell you one of the best phrases that feels so good to say is I am a multi-millionaire I am a multi-millionaire based upon an initial $30,000 investment. I have never been happier. So for me to make this next stepping stone deal really kind of fills me with a little bit of joy because now I'm seeing retirement, because I'm seeing retirement coming up in 20 years. I'm seeing retirement coming up real, real fucking fast. And to know that I don't have to worry about anything really I can you know do whatever I need to do I can have a full-time job if I want or not doesn't really matter Um, in fact I I would say probably in a year and a half to two years I would say by like 2023 mid 2023 I would I should be in a position where I can look and go you know what I don't think I need this full-time job that I have you know, right now, obviously I do because, you know, the deal hasn't happened and it could very well fall through the cracks. But I'm going to talk to one of my family members because my family member has run his own business for 10 years. He hasn't had a full-time job in 10, 15 years now, something like that. And the whole time he's he's done that, he's literally gotten up, gone to work. There have been times where, like, he's let his employees, his managers, deal with things. And he'll get up at, you know, 10, 
10.30 in the morning, you know, kind of fuck around, do whatever. And there have been times where he's gotten phone calls at 6 a.m. You know, hey, I can't come into work. Maybe shorter driver. And he has to, like, jump on a truck and drive, you know. And for me, I've had a full-time job pretty much the past 30 years. So I'm in that nervous situation where I'm like, okay, I've, I've, I've literally had, you know, job after job after job after job after job and so for me to one day say I don't need a job I'm gonna quit my job and now the next day you know the next Monday morning where I wake up and I go I don't have to do anything if I don't want to is really disconcerting a little bit honestly I mean imagine undoing 30 years worth of of, uh, you know, habit and that security blanket of, well, I got that next check coming, you know. I mean, working in IT, I've been able to fully automate things, and there have been plenty of days where I've come into work, and because of all the automations and things like that, I really haven't had to do anything. So because I haven't had to do anything, I'm just like, well, you know, fuck around, do whatever, the money's there. So when you're running a club, you know, one of the first things you think is, holy shit, you know, Am I in a position where, you know, not having a full-time job is something that I can, you know, do that natural leap, you know? It's definitely a scary proposition, you know, especially considering, you know, I'm in IT. And the IT world, you know, if you're out of the game for a while, it can, you can get passed by, you know? So, <coughs> so anyways, that's a kind of the overview of, you know, how my week went. Um, I have a new guest coming um, next week. He's a longtime listener. Love him. Super nice guy. Um, he's a old coworker as well. So I, I'm really looking forward to having him on. I've got a couple of irons in the fire for some existing uh, uh, people that that may end up being guests. I'm trying to get my old lady on, but my old lady, she just. I don't think she's she's not interested in this podcast. She's just kind of like, hey, you know, you get on the fucking radio and you, you're an asshole to people, and I'm I'm not interested, right? Fine, whatever. Well, I try to be, you know, inclusive and like, hey, you know, bring in, bring an official, you know, only you know opinion on things. You know, come on in and tell me, you know, the, the things that you like and don't like. You know, tell stories I don't fucking know about. You know, shit like that. You know. So anyway, that would be something that I'm thinking that. Uh, might be fun, but you never know. So, anyway, well, this is going to be a short, um, this is going to be a short show today. Uh, hopefully, uh, next, uh, Saturday, my, uh, my guy's going to come up and, uh, be a guest. And it's one thing I've noticed in, in all my shows. My shows typically, you know, uh, if I've got a guest, they're usually around two hours. And then, uh, when I'm by myself, it's usually anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour, something like that. Um, you know, because a lot of times I'll be talking and all of a sudden my mind will kind of wander and I'll go, oh, you should talk about this, you should talk about this, whatever. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those fun things, you know, that uh, you kind of notice about things as time goes on. So, anyway, uh, I will see you all next week. And uh, when my guest comes on, we'll uh, have a little fun with him. Have a good night.